Every day I'm shuffling. Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. No, no, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Powell. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the session. Bring you another nice. It's not a Tuesday, it's not a Wednesday, it's a Thursday night this week. But we're getting one in. Um, lots of things to talk about and do tonight, lots of options to go to. It's just me and Mitch here in the studio. Uh, hoping maybe Noodle will, uh, will stop in. And hoping maybe you'll call in and participate with us here on the session. Let's see what I did. What did you do on the Facebook page? I used our $25 that we've won in trivia at Busthead. Uh-huh. To the 10th caller, we will give out said $25 gift certificate. If everyone has a problem with that, I'll just give $25 of myself. But I want to try to bribe people to call. When people call, it's a more fun show, right? I think I bribed our football caller to call in. Alex. For second second. But will he be the 10th caller? It's got to be 10 callers. That'd be a record for the show. $25. Come on, people. 347-838-8764. That's what I was looking for. I couldn't remember. <laughs> you didn't want to ask me because we would have... I just figured I'd fight it. But... By the time, yeah. But that's it. We just want 10. Two hours of radio. 10 callers. That 10th one. That's like... Their beers aren't that expensive there. That's about... Depends on which ones you get. That's three to five beers. At the old bus so it's been a while. Um, forget how we do this. We can uh, do it. We can uh, open up with some uh, end of the session, get uh, things going and uh, up to speed and bring up some old shit and some new shit and Whatever's going on since the last time we did this, we've had the uh, Super Bowl, uh, so that's pretty big. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. We've had a UFC, major UFC, uh, maybe two since the last time we've really done this. Um, might have our MMA expert John Wheaton join us. I think so. Tonight. I think he's actually going to call and talk some football with us as well. Um, UFC discussion will be intense, considering. He, perhaps, I don't know how it does this. When other people text like four page text to me, it kind of breaks it up and does it in like random emails, and I kind of have to piece them together like Pulp Fiction. Have you ever seen that where it comes in the wrong pieces? His actually come in one chunk, but it still takes me like seven minutes to get through some of his texts. And for the UFC news 
over the weekend, there were some seven-minute-long texts coming in whole from John, so I'm sure he'll be ready to, to discuss. Uh, we caught, I caught the card this weekend, um, up until the news, and we'll get into it. What a great moment. Great comeback. But let's talk about it. So we can go, like, normal form and open up with, like, a 40 of uh, Enter the Session, and then we'll follow that up with not necessarily sports and maybe a little TBD to close listen it to us, Listen to us. We sound like an old married couple that are just, we're just done with the same thing. We need it. What are we going to do? We got to spark, we got to, we got to spice up our marriage. We have to spice up our podcast marriage. Like, oh, let's do this. Oh, you're right, though. Like, you're like, yeah, we'll just talk it. It's the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? What, what can we do, though? I don't know. My back's all jacked up too, so I'm like, uh, I have that in the format. I'm like gritting and like in pain, like ha- you know, it's, I have like sharp pains here and there, and like I feel like I'm short tempered. So forgive me if I no, it's not even you. No, I'm saying I'm the same. Anything, it's but. the same thing when I was like typing up stuff to talk about. Literally, like for four years, it's kind of like it's kind of like in the same format, and just you know, it's almost like paint by numbers now. I just plug and play certain things. Except I did want to ask about the back, man. How is the back doing? It's good. It's 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 one of those weird things where it's like uh, it's like a uh, nerve issue, and I've had it before. Actually, like I've it's been like seven years or so since I've had it like this bad, and it's not as bad as it was then, but it's still like re- really bad. And it's one of those things that I can normally I get it like every once in a while. I haven't had it in like seven years. It's one of those things like I kind of know how to work it out. It's just it takes a little bit of time. But like the wild card that I've had thrown in since the last time I've had it is I have kids now, and I've had and I so I'm dealing with like you know everybody says oh you know you got to you uh, you got to know how to pick uh, you, you you lift you don't lift with your back you lift with your knees and all this stuff. Well, I have a bum knee too, but. Actually, the the act of picking a kid because it's a nerve issue, and I have like pain, some pain, and some stiffness, but it's like a little bit of like um, loss of strength, you know. So the act of actually picking my kid up out of a crib is like the worst like thing right now. Well, because there's no there's no other way to do it. Because like, and, and, and I know if you're a, a meathead out there and you heard him say lift with your knees, don't want to do that either. Because it'll blow your knees out. But you can't even lift properly into a... How do you go into a crib? If you go you have to, it's, it's like all back. It's like all back. It's like a little be. bit of an arm scoop, but it's like a lot of a it's a lot of back action because you want to get down there and like you'd you know, to do help like stri- out like real. You'd have to do like a straight leg deadlift right there, meatheads, and that's not even. Good and that's what I sound like every time I'm picking my five month old kid up. Is I'm like, and my kid thinks it's hilarious. He's just you know cracking up about it and i have a four-year-old who like insists on still being picked up you know here and there so it's like one of those things here like and there, I what, sometimes I've, you just hitchhike so <laughs> i just doesn't interact i haven't been able to <laughs> shake this yet it, it, when i was younger this is something that started when i was like maybe in high school yeah and it was one of those things that i usually could actually work out just by like hitting golf balls or something, going to the golf range or something about the action, you know, like would alleviate that. Uh, it's like a pinched nerve, essentially. And it got worse. And oh, but, but look at do you need some pillow? You got the worst. That's the worst seat ever for a person no, it's, on a bad back. Yeah, no. Every couch, no, every couch. It doesn't matter couch because this is we are the sofa kings. But this every couch, it doesn't really matter, dude. Every way you go, it's gonna suck. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna keep talking about it though. I'm gonna break it out. We are the Sofa Kings. I've been starting. I don't know why I just went nuts when you said that, but I've been starting using that as my like 
avatar names for everything now. But we, I know. I used that from the start. Like I think I have, I think I have a Sofa King uh, MySpace. Why did we get rid of that? You can't, you can't even like get rid. You can't get rid of MySpace. Like it's still out there. If it is out there, it's out. You have a Sofa King MySpace page still? I think so. I think there was one, and I don't think that stuff goes away. Dude, at our one of our long like fifteen minute breaks that we take in the live show, we should look up the MySpace. Find that link and post that junk out there. So not, well, not only am I dealing with uh, having to like uh, having to like you know deal with my back and with my you know kids like a five Missing month old and like shows. a four it made you miss year the old. show. You're out. Uh, but, because I was like in so much pain that I couldn't talk. Like it, it, I wouldn't have been able. And that to has have, to be like, bad because we can go to the archives talk. when you had a back injury before. And you came on your meds, and you did the whole show on your meds, and you didn't even remember doing the show. Yeah. And you were talking funny. But the, you still uh, did it. You still, you know what I mean? So you to be yeah. on IR, we even talked about it last week. For you to be on IR, has to be serious. But so at the same time as all this, my par- my, my family, my family got a, uh, we have a new uh, family pet. We have a new dog. We have a puppy. What do you mean, like as a as your your family? Yeah, it's okay. like for my kid. You know, my yeah. it's for we, we. The thing is, what it's kind of for, dog? It's, huge it's like a. It's it basically it's like an expensive mutt. It's like one of these like hybrid doodle dogs. Cutest okay, but it's like hyperallergenic and they don't shed. And it, here's the deal: like it, it was for my oldest kid. But he's like very possessive of it, and we want him to know it's like for the family dog, so it's no. a family dog. But it's oh, for my kid. Oh, and if you're listening, it's for everybody. He's the one that's, you know, we're getting him to, he's taking care of it for the most part. But I know so how that's that another is. thing that I have to Me- deal with, like bending over and picking up this little puppy, which doesn't weigh anything, but it's, it's just messed up back running around trying to herd this little that's dog. Up, how do you take whatever. the rain? I'm going back. How do you take the rain when you. Because it does. Does Owen, he thinks it's his, like he's raising it. Like, mom and dad did that to me with McDuff, and dad took the reins back because Lisa loved it and everyone loved it. And I just, like, took possession. And then when they took it, I didn't ever want him in my room again. And then we would throw jelly on his back. Let him stay there for eight years. Now, I, yeah, I can imagine just bending over any, picking up the little, you have a new little dog and a new baby. Yeah. I know about the dog. I'm excited. I want to meet the dog. What's the dog's name? Boy, girl? It's, it's a boy. Its name is uh, Riley. 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 Oh, one of the baby names is close to that. I hope Kim's not listening. She might be. She retweeted our link. Because I tried to do Kendall, uh-huh. and they were like, oh, Kardashian. And I was especially in lieu of daddy girl bucks over here. So then we'd have a Kim and, Kim and Kendall. And I didn't even know Kendall was a Kardashian. I guess she's the young one that's now like hot. Because now I know she is. But now so that's while like we're one getting into the uh, Kardashian name. stuff, I know. Like apparently, it's like Kardashian. Well, what's his name? Jenner, Bruce, Bruce Jenner, Jenner, man, is apparently all these it's things for real. Yeah, there's things in the tablet, like in the supermarket, like candy sales are down and stuff. And you're like, there's tabloid aisles. Tabloid sales apparently are still up. They've been following this stuff forever, and he just thought it was just fake. He just thought it was like okay. But then once, T- and this is crazy, it becomes credible somehow now when it gets to like TMZ because they just have a success history. Well, of, they've got their shit of, together. Yeah, right. producing uh, producing high quality real stories that are just crazy sensational. So when they started reporting, you started figuring it was kind of something was up. You know, a few months back, 
And now, man, it's official. And you know what? They're just publicity whores. I mean, Kris Jenner says she has no idea that that ever was the case or had any clue to that. No way. Um, sounds like most people are going to be are very supportive. It's just weird. It's because it's just his age, too. You know, it's like he's creepy, weird looking before that stuff. And now... Because I don't care what your beef is. I don't care about anything. But anyone that looks weird, you make fun of no matter what gender or whatever they are. And he just looks weird. <laughs> that sounded like a true, like, bully thing to say, Mitch. Like, it doesn't, if you well, look I'm weird, like, it doesn't matter, like, what gender you are. But I'm, I'm going to make fun of you. And I was not anywhere near a bully. If anything, you know, growing up, especially little the smaller, I was probably more bullied than bully. But never had, like, a bully if you get my drift. But yeah, you know what I mean. He's just, you know, I'm saying you can still make fun of the guy. It's not Ooh. you're not making fun of the transgender. Well, he's made community. it like a his his life like completely public. So, and he was like the one person who I thought wasn't necessarily so public. And then like I think he's gonna make this entire thing like a uh, a reality show itself. We have a caller. Yeah. All right. Let's see. All right. We got a caller on the session. Hello? Hello, 508 area code. Oh, hi. I didn't mean to press the one button. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't press, I didn't even press the one button. I just listened. Woo! <laughs> it sounds like a Boston sports fan. It sounds like a Boston. Yeah, but now, now I'm on the show, though. I'm on the show now. You, <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. And Boston J, man, we have missed you. We've missed you on the show. And what an opportune time, especially after uh, – the New England Patriots win the Super Bowl. Um, what's your feelings about your New England Patriots in your most unbiased way? Do you think it was a redemption thing after all the Deflategate stuff and Spygate? No, I think they wanted to win before all that. So what? how's it going? It's, uh, <laughs> how's the partying going? Did you go to the uh, parade? <laughs> no, I didn't go to the parade, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, what's up with all the snow? I don't like. I'm not, I'm not a big parade guy. Yeah. You only get to wave at them, you know, ten minutes. But I did like that uh, signs that some of the signs they had. The one, the bitch mode. Yeah, one that was bitch nice. mode. And didn't Julian yeah. Edelman or somebody tear up a Richard Sherman poster or something? Oh yeah, with, with the one where he holds up, holding up his hands. Like everybody's taking shots at the Seahawks now. Speaking of Julian Edelman, he got he got blasted on Tinder or a picture on somewhere because some girl like had That's sex with like him Snapchatted him like when, after she tendered him. She's like it's like it's like the it's like across the whole board of uh, social media. But now she's like being blacklisted by all the clubs in uh, Boston that they like they're not going to let her on. And I think like uh, she was like following a bunch of uh, people, or may have had other Patriots Dude, following her or something. Bo- and everybody's like uh, dumping Jay. her and putting her on blast. Boston J, if that girl can't she go, she said she doesn't think it's gonna hold up because she's friends with the people at all <laughs> the clubs. I think ah! I think I read that article from you. I, yeah, I read that. I read that as well. Like so, so Jay, she's Jay, making public statements. Jay, this is your golden opportunity. She can't get into any clubs or bars. You need to find that girl on Tinder. And no, no, seriously, Jay. Seriously, Jay. We all, we've Jay. always we've always looked for a good uh, thing for you to do on the show, 
And Mitch and I are both married, and we've you know gotten married since this whole Tinder craze, you know. So we we've no, we don't have any experience <laughs> from that. We're not going to have any experience from that. You need to be our Tinder what? advisor <laughs> on uh, the podcast, and, and and you need to document this new social uh, <laughs> dating uh, phenomenon for us. Uh, now that you're on Tinder and you need to document everything for us, right. so you could do a weekly uh, blog or uh, a weekly blog about drive. his sex Bukaki, you could say. I, the Jays. I don't drive, so I go on my searches in a one mile radius. Oh no! I'm, when, I'm, when I'm when I'm like close to the ocean, I give it an extra two miles. Uh-huh. Because I figure out too many women in the middle of the ocean. So, like, are you right in Boston? Like, where exactly are you? I mean, I'm trying to think of what kind of population <laughs> density you're dealing with. <laughs> For people yeah, who yeah. don't know, Tinder is this social de- dating, like, app where you down. can, like, uh, it's a big new thing right now with kids, the kids and the and the singles and stuff, where you enter something and you can look at all these p- pictures and you swipe yes or no, just completely up on looks. If you want to hook up with somebody or not, yeah. Yeah. No, within a, a little bio area, yeah, within like a certain area, area or oh, distance. you've never seen anyone on. I've, yeah, I, I told you when we went on vacation, our that one single guy, he was on it the whole time, and it's just <coughs> it's it's funny. I mean, it's pretty much like match. It's got match dot com levels of the rooms to f your brains off levels to the room. Now, that's just amazing. I couldn't imagine even living in that in that world. And I, I don't really think I'd ever gone out in college. I think I'd have just been on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, but I have heard that they're doing a bunch. I've heard a bunch of radio shows and stuff where they're doing like the interns and stuff on it. And Jay, I want you to be our intern, uh, our Tinder expert, to to Tinder blog for us. We'll call it. We'll call it my Tinder. So runner. right now you're in Tinder, Boston and show. you are currently Tindering. In what, uh, it sounds like so like pedophile. No, you're currently tendering within what area? D- a one mile that, radius. Yeah, a one mile radius. And you have, how many, uh, how many, uh, options did it give you to swipe yes or no? I, I do one mile, um, uh, I didn't get any responses in, in Boston today. No, only, um, up by my house last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, we're getting the, we're getting the first report now. How fast? All right, I you're, you're, maybe I maybe you're, I need a better profile picture or something. So, how many in in in? Uh, I hear you should lie about your age too. The uh, what is how many chat. options did it give you to swipe yes or no? Like ten like, girls, twenty like girls. Four? How many options did you have within your mile radius? Oh my god, how sick is this world of Tinder? Oh wow! It, 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 in in Boston, there was hundreds of them. Dude, yeah, he's I, in I, the I mecca. So, have you had any likes come back time. yet? Have you have you been like real discerning? Are you going for tens only, perfect tens, or uh, are you letting a couple no. sixes slip by? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, you if, have to if they are repulsive, I I go to the right. <laughs> I swipe right. <laughs> and if they butt ugly, I go left. Sorry if I swipe left on you today, but you will butt ugly. <laughs> so what? A, okay, and ha- on my iPad. how old are you now, Jay? Just for re- for purposes of the show, Jay. You're, you're, how old are you now? <laughs> you should be our guinea pig. Thirty eight. All right, thirty eight. And and what is your dating range? What is the range you said you were looking for for options in? Uh... Secondly, he doesn't. Thirty know. to fifty. Thirty to fifty. Thirty to fifty. Uh, 30 to 50. What time does met? What age does menopause start? 
I don't think it has an eight. Yeah. You're right there. You're, you're getting close to yeah. 50. I don't know, ladies. Blow us up. Ten dollar wins 25 You can bucks. still have a baby with a 50-year-old, Jerry. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. If that's what you want to do. You can just put it the, on a frozen egg. So how many... I don't want to have to shit on my loop. <laughs> oh, yes. How many How yes, many likes have you had come back? Have you had any likes come back yet? He wants to know, have you banged Have you Have you had tenders? any options yet? Have, for, well, for, for, you know, there's steps to this. No. As, have you had there's any there's options come back? I've only been on there 24 hours. All right. Only been on 24 but hours. And in 24 hours... In 24 hours, you swiped how many girls? How many girls did you Tinder swipe, Jay? <laughs> uh, like a hundred. A hundred. It sounds like they're getting interrogated. You're like, Jay, did you order the code red? <laughs> this may or may not be used for evidence in a uh, court of law. So in 24 hours, you haven't had any yeses come back, oh, but you've went to 30 to 50-year-olds, but you were pretty will. discerning. You were looking for tens, right? They will, They will. and this app, it, it, it knows no, how long you've been. For, hey, Jay, am I, I c- looking for... I was looking for not ugly. Yeah, so you go not ugly. Not ugly. Were you but, okay with multiracial or different <laughs> races? But if you also got, of course he is. We, we, oh yeah, we, yes, of course. We know Jay. All right, so but it also pro, and it knows how long you've been on Tinder, and that is a big deal with some of these people because it's like a trust thing. So if you're new, he's only 24 hours in. He's got to become like a, a veteran uh, a little bit. Okay. He's got to have some time uh, allotted on that. You know a lot about this, man. Dude, this kid Are was you on sure it. you don't have an account? My wife was on vacation with us. We This kid had it the whole week. It was funny. It was just funny to watch. That wasn't an answer. I'm not on it personally. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I'm all not right, on right, it personally. Right, all right. It, all right. Do you think, would, all right, would you have been on it when you I were younger? I thought it was a hookup site. I think you have, have to be at this point. If you're single or if you're looking to mingle. I think you competitively have to be on Tinder at this point. Well, especially if you use, I'm glad that I'm you not. rhyme I'm your phrases like that, you're going to have to be on Tinder <laughs> and have someone edit your thoughts when you do your bio. But I don't know. I, when, when I was younger, I don't know if I would have. I don't know. I don't know if I would have. It's frightening. Think, though. It would depend if I was It's struggling. exciting and frightening all at the but same I'd time. But I still try to go out for it's the real It's almost like hunt. the thought of like signing up for the Army or something, you know? Because it's got a little bit of excitement. Jay, are you okay? He's out. He's there. Did you put another quarter in the... Yeah. All right. All right. You got us all excited about it. We got to make a Tinder account just for the show. I don't know who's going to put that under. We'll let it go under your iTunes account, Rob. We'll use different body parts from different people from the show. See, I thought Snapchat was totally gross, but I guess everybody Snapchats. I thought that was just for privates. I told you this past summer when I was at the... Uh, What's it called? The, the Snapchat Festival? A circus. The cir- the, the, not a circus, but a carnival. Prince William County Fair. Fair, oh, okay? Yeah, and I was like at the Tiger Show, the Lion and Tiger Show, and the Liger Show with my kid, and I'm like sitting there watching it, and there was like a whole bunch of little high school age girls, and I mean like not driving age girls, so I don't know, 14, 15, and they were all talking about how they were in the middle of Snapchatting their privates. Too, and that's not even what Where they said. But like, it was like the it, it was like the most shameful thing. I just wanted to like turn around and like uh, like yell at them how trashy it sounded like what they were doing. <laughs> well, Jay, I mean, good luck with the tendering. Are you, uh, that's all I'd be on. I was going to see if you're on anything else. I don't know why we're interviewing. So we you. want a regular update. Can you call yeah. in and just let us know how the tender? Uh, we need tender statistics. Okay, 
We're going to keep... Uh, yeah. Well, I'd be embarrassed if I'm unsuccessful. Well, lie. You I'm, can lie. You can lie. I Just make it sound exciting. And I didn't get tugged either. The only dude who rubbed me. Well, broaden... <laughs> you know, make it two miles, Jay. <laughs> two miles. Two miles isn't so... He really scrubbed my ass really good. <laughs> Just like Brillo pad thing. He scrubbed my ass for like 10 minutes. I was like, what the there fuck? There you go. See where we took this? Boston Jay. You have to... All right. Boston... Jay, call in next week, and we need a Tinder update for sure. And I'm sure your teams will have won something more. Your Bruins will probably win the Stanley Cup before that. Something always happens with championships in Boston. Congrats, Jay. City of champions. It is kind of the city of champions. Yeah, it is because you ain't it. Ah, I I, I agree. agree. Jay, give us a call next week, and uh, give us a hockey update too. We've got to start doing stuff post-football. Good luck on the tendering, Jay. All right. Tender away. He hung up on us. Shiver your timbers. timbers. He knows when the he knows when to end the bit. Like I'm like keep it going because you know we know I'm like when you know somebody and you talk to him. Like it's been a long time since Jay has called, and we you know a lot of our old friends that have called in weekly don't really always call in, and it was nice that Boston Jay called. It's been so long that I didn't recognize the 508 area code as Boston. I used to know his number by heart when that thing came over here. But, yeah, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But, yeah, the Boston and the New England area, and maybe, yeah, City of Champions, perhaps. He's very happy as Boston, his New York Patriots. New England Patriots won. They also had that, they've had that tremendous snowfall, right? Historic feet, feats of I've snow. seen pictures. I think I've actually seen Boston J pictures of, uh, like he's an interesting car follow. deep, car deep uh, snow. Like he's an interesting follow on the Facebook, and I say I'll tell you to do that, but just you know, we in no way endorse. We in no way endorse what Jay posts on Facebook, but we have yet to defriend him on Facebook. He's a very interesting uh, follow. Uh, I can't believe the way he's nothing him. like who was the uh, who was the sociopath who we were following. Uh, a while back that was loose in our yeah. in our studio neighborhood. I think I know his name. I'm for once I'm not going to I don't even know if his name was real though. And he had multiple Facebook accounts and he we, he was making like threats against the president for a long time, but he finally messed up when he like moved from uh, the city back to like our small little town community and made like direct threats about an elementary school in the county. And then I think oh, they yeah. scooped him up out of some shanty town by the railroad or something. Uh, yeah. But he old, had a Facebook account old. that he was always talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get Why it. are you so scared? You've never been scared to say anybody's name and bring up any filth he's curr- on the podcast at all. I think he's incarcerated. I don't know that. So are you worried that he might be listening right now somewhere in an incarceration? Or- well, given the fact that our contest out of the... T- top 10 callers and we've had one out of 10 call in 30 minutes i am not worried that he is listening nor am i worried that anyone for that matter that i would get killed by is listening to me and i normally drop facebook names i didn't feel yeah i don't know why but he has two names i know both of them on there but it got very real like when he made threats on there and then that turned into there was actually people that contacted the police based off of those posts and i guess the point is is boston j gets up fringes on those lines but not he's not serious just be careful it's a fun fall though 
Give them a fuck. Give them a fuck. The, um, so, uh, you know, I had a trivia board set up for tonight, too, to do, uh, but we don't have anybody in, in live in studio to do it. If anybody wanted to call in and go up against Mitch in trivia, we could do that, too. We could do it at any Stump point tonight. We're expecting our MMA expert to be joining us for some NFL slash whatever catching up talk. Yeah, we're going to bring a little roundtable in there, man. Alex. In the next uh, the next 40. Oh, man. And Alex Nyshell, Green Bay fan. Oh, I know you're listening, buddy. That was a rough loss. And, uh, we, you know, we haven't, cause me and you haven't, we haven't been reunited for that talk at all. So, uh, um, so we'll have to talk. A little bit of entertainment news. I'm really excited about, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about this Sunday. Uh, no, you know, NFL is over. Yeah, that's tough. But uh, Walking Dead is coming back. I'm very excited. Not only is Walking Dead coming back, but uh, Better Call Saul, the new Bob Odenkirk uh, Breaking Bad spinoff. And the, fir- the first early screenings have happened by some of the critics, and early reviews sound pretty positive for it. Um, listening to a local radio show today that had someone that watched it he was worried that it would take more of a comedic tone like a complete comedic turn because oftentimes he was Bob Odenkirk was the character that provided a little bit of comic relief well so is Brian Cranston absolutely no I agree well he said quite the opposite definitely but it was almost the same tone um, as Breaking Bad and uh, who's the producer and writer Um, slipping on his name right now Dave, um, whoever, uh, producer comes up every time, but he's directing this first episode as well. I heard that, um, it's pretty fantastic. I didn't realize it was a prequel until like a couple months ago because I knew that Mike was back in it and I didn't understand how it was going to work. And I knew that before I finished my binge of it, Rob. So I didn't think Mike was, it was actually worked out perfect. I didn't think Mike had any chance of having the faith that he had in Breaking Bad and for people that are watching it. Because I had seen some of this, some of the stuff for the new so for this new show, and then Mike was in it, so I was like, "Oh, he there's no chance that he dies." And then when he did, I was like, "Oh, I can't." <clears throat> he's gonna put his brains back into his head and come back to life because I've seen previews for this show. That's after Breaking Bad. But so, uh, do you think it gives the chance for a return from the two main characters with Jesse and Walt? I can't. I mean, uh, well, I'm not sure, came. but from the previews, it does bring uh, the the old dude back. I can't think of his name right now, but he was awesome too. Mike, Mike, yeah. I just thought it's the whole diatribe. I just went on. You weren't even listening. What were you googling over there? I was digging. I mean, I was like 27 seconds at least. Music. I was like, I didn't know that was his name, so I was spaced on it for a second. I was like first. Dylan times three. You know what I'm talking about? Eight seconds times three. You know what I'm talking about? The bull riding movie with Dylan <laughs> from Nine Two One Zero. I was listening to Tupac, dude. That's not even Tupac on. It's reggae. I don't know what the, just uh, happened. There's, there's a caller though. Do you want to get? Do you want to? It's a, it's. What do you want to do? Yeah, we gonna go call her. I think it's. I think it's. Don't leave him on hold. Patch him in. Right, right. If we're going to sports, we're gonna go to a break before we get to those sports. Yeah. But well, yeah. Let's. I got a haymarket caller. A haymarket caller. Hey, Mark. What up, boys? What up? So you guys are way behind the curve. So the, the, the new game on Facebook is, is trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. I, I don't even have the app, but I play it all the time because everybody in this damn house has it, and they're always hitting me up for questions. Hey, Tri- what's the trivia crack. Trivia crack. Yeah. Why, why did you say it like Holy you know? Shit, are you on her? 
Yeah, I'll play trivia crack. I'm not on there, but Darlene plays, Kevin plays, Alex, they all play here. Okay, all of them. So I talked I just about, answer questions. So I just talked about this last week. I'm so scared to ask people to play because I don't know if that list they're putting up is just my friends or my friends that play because they make it really weird. And last week I talked about how it's so taboo to friend anybody and I don't want it to go public either. You don't know what's going to go public because it's on my little phone. So I've only been playing randoms, but I like will stay up to like midnight playing trivia crack. And it's just, <laughs> and I'm so Those glad. You just, ever, I'm, I mean, so, I'm so glad you just. Questions. You can uh, just write anything. No, no. There's uh, so, what do you get when you mix blue and red together. That is one. That is, that is a question that comes comes up often. No, there are some because there are some stumpers sometimes. Yeah, you're right though. When it's a random four, you can keep going for a while, but not not continuously. I don't I don't go through like infinitely. I get stumped pretty easily sometimes. Art, what's your? All right, guys, it's Rob in your trivia in your trivia crack category. What's your worst category? Because every time it comes up, it pops up like 71%. Worst. Mine is art. I know Mine's that. art, too. And I, I, I'm like so very surprised about that. Well, there's some random. It's but not it has all a lot of questions. movies and it mu- stuff it, music. It has. It, and, I mean, I just. Yeah, I'm surprised. But, yeah, it's one, I think it's my worst. I think co- it says like it's. I, I miss it like 66% of the time. Or Th- there are some questions that are. Because they're crafted by most of the questions are crafted by actual trivia crack players, and then you know they have to get rated, and then that's how they stay in there. But you can tell some are clever, like they were teachers or something, because knowing how to make the multiple choice as tough as possible instead of being so you know being obvious. It's that's why it's addicting though. If it was Jeopardy game, and you're like, oh, I lost again, you want to play it, and you gotta like. And sports, like that's my first. That's my first like pie, for lack of a better term, like ding. Sports, dude! I can't believe I'm talking about this so long on the podcast. I am addicted to trivia crack <laughs> and sports Jeopardy. Try get sports Jeopardy's fun. So that'd be cool. I'll okay. play that. Yeah, yeah. Get on there. Okay. Yeah, it'd be fun. That's fun. That's fun. No, um, how did we get on apps? Oh, Tinder. T- oh, Tinder app. Yeah, uh, trivia crack and Tinder is what I guess is what all the kids are doing nowadays. A Tinder was it? Was it Edelman? Did this thing on on Tinder yeah. and oh my god, is that what you guys are talking about? Yeah, we, we talked about. I brought that up. That? For, I brought that up what? for a second. So after, after what you didn't even listen to this story either, Rob. Who did what? So Edelman. Edel- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, right. yes, yes. Right. Rob's paying attention slightly, but yeah, uh, yeah. Edelman gets a selfie. But you know what I heard? Girl that get one night stand girl. The, and she's the, like the same thing happened Edelman. to Odell Beckham Jr. at the beginning of the season, and it like with the same girl. No, no, I don't think it was the same girl, but it, the exact oh, yeah, same thing that. happened where he hooked up with some chick on Tinder and she like twittered a bunch of photos and said like I'm with some giant or whatever, and it was like uh, the, but yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah. happened, but it like fell through the cracks because it was <laughs> so before he started catching bragging. everything that was thrown to him. Well, I don't think anyone like I don't care. It's like the new thing less. though. You know, girls used to do uh, the girls used to do like creepy things, like would go to parties and steal like personal items from houses and stuff. Uh, and I know, I know uh, there, a girl that I know went to school at like Campbell university and somebody who was like a roommate of hers hooked up with Michael Jordan at a bar one night and went back, went back to her. This was like before that big time. This was like 95, 96. The stars were more about Went back anything. to his house in like the Outer Banks in uh, 
in uh, or wherever in uh, he's North out, Carolina. No, he's out the and she steals like a pair of earrings, like diamond studded earrings, like a jersey, like a couple things from his closet after like hooking up with uh, Michael Jordan. And then that hit the tabloids. Yeah, I remember that. And then it like ended up le- being legit. Like she had, but she had taken stuff for. Hey. And had, that was right after all the Monica Lewinsky type stuff had, where she had kept the evidence. You know, there's just like, you know. Well, that, that's it. So if you had Michael Jordan sitting in this room right now, he would say, what would, would you trade your your era for the new era? And if he even just did that, that example right there, would you trade getting your earring stolen and someone trying to collect some evidence or someone just being able to take their phone out and instantaneously just snap to the world what's, what's happened? And that's the, yeah. what's going on with these athletes. They they really can't. So when well, that's like you know what when these people well, are getting hearing, trouble, hands down. You can you can you well, can't erase you can't erase the picture once it's out there. It's 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 out there forever. And yeah. there were two things I have here real quick. First of all, we we both like oh yeah they hook up with all these chicks. Well, hook up it sounds fun and like oh we're just standing. yeah. Then when you put a picture to people are like oh my god that's what it looks like. So Edelman was just in there after he had hooked up with a girl. No one would care. But these these athletes that are going on like the back page. And, and, and stuff that go and get their prostitutes. People are like, "Oh, I can't believe like they get Warren Sapp. Yeah, I can't believe they'd get prostitutes. Mitch, you'd step by and you set him up. That's too. my guy. That's my guy. You had a vendetta against I'll get Warren Sapp. I know you were involved. We're going to tweet him live on the show. You tonight. sent him a Sapp. tainted hooker from the back page. But I don't blame these guys. Here's what I'm saying: they pay the money to have the hopefully for them the discreet part of it, where they're not going to be. Twittered or Facebooked or I don't it's not even on Facebook it's something like Instagram and these Tinder accounts so that's why these guys go out and get their prostitutes I, I mean it's, if you're, I guess if they're going to be out there committing sin anyway they might as well just pay for it so they don't have it blasted all over the world I, mean, I think that's what it's lead, I think, yeah so I don't know but the, but the days of anonymity are gone you know what I mean like you said if everybody's got a phone everybody's got a camera you know what I mean? So it's you rolling the dice every time you do something like that. Dude. You know, you, you could you could probably go to the chicken ranch or something and have your picture taken. You know, discreetness is over. That's done. How's the chicken ranch? It's uh, what is it? You ever heard of that? The bunny ranch. I just envision some like, that like a some sand? Colonel it's Sanders looking thing? dude as a pimp like somewhere out like selling. <laughs> I gotta Google that now. Selling some chicks like <laughs> sucking on some original recipe chicken. No, like I'm sure it is <laughs> chicken ranch. I'm sure it is something. <laughs> Come get a bucket. I'm sure it is something. Like I told somebody else, like Katie Bar the. No, door. I think he's talking about the Mustang Ranch or okay. the uh, the Bunny Ranch, the Bunny Ranch or he the can chicken. Speak for himself. I didn't chicken, hang up I, on him. Maybe there was a chicken ranch. I don't know. He's right here. I'm not a, I don't yeah, know. it's a legal licensed brothel in the uh, what yeah. the Bunny Ranch. In Parum. Oh no, it's this. Uh, well. That's probably another word for it, but there is a chicken ranch problem. It's probably right. the well, cheaper the, one. Well, the bunny ranch is in Las Vegas. It's not in Vegas. Well, it's though. right outside. It's not in Vegas. It's like an it's hour not away. not legal in Vegas. That's right. I know. It's actually like a couple hours away. It's not. It's it's like it's no. not as close as what everybody like what makes you believe. That's true. I, I haven't been there. I was looking it up on Google Maps when I was in Vegas last month or two months ago. But I wasn't. You know, I would not go. <laughs> <laughs> I would not go with my pregnant wife with me in Vegas. That was balling out Vegas with your pregnant wife. Beautiful. Dude, we got through entertainment. We somehow do. We don't talk any entertainment, but it's pretty cool. Um, Alex, you want to stick around with us? Yeah, I'll call back in, man. I got yeah. to char- charge this phone here. So. All right, charge I'll call him, back in. Charge some phone. I think we have to do some Super Bowl talk. I'm pretty sure. 
Rob, before oh, before we go to break, though, can we like just what? Something that bothers me. We grew up in the era of like, uh, like Peter Jennings and like Dan Rather and Tom Brokaw. And my man Brian Williams seemed like he was my new Tom Brokaw. For some reason, I don't care if you're Canadian or not. I liked you. I'm like Brian Williams is American, but Brian Williams getting caught for embellishing his story in Iraq, you know, 12 years ago about APG fire hitting his specific helicopter, and he said no. He RPG the, fire. RPG. An AK-47. Yeah. And for him not to only not have been hit by it, but other people saying he was an hour behind. And other stories were surfacing about, you know, Katrina, where there was flooding, but he was in the French Quarter where it can't flood, like a body floated by him. It couldn't have happened. I'm... F- 12 what? years? I they just sit on that for 12 years. I mean, that's... I, I can't believe that. You scared the shit out of me. I, I thought I hung up on you. <laughs> you scared the living crap out of me, Alex. I th- I switched over <laughs> from my feed. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. I just wanted to bring... I, I, but here's my one question. Here's my one question, and we'll go to sports. Or not necessarily sports, so I guess we could pick back up if we felt like it. Does he need... Do, do, you, do you have to trust the man that's delivering you the national news is he done as the nbc news guy it's i mean do you have to have a trust in the guy like tom brokaw you know you trust him and it's lester holt licking his chops i think that died a, a long time ago and it's with the crossover of i don't know when the exact date was if i was to look at the point in my lifetime it was somewhere in the late 80s early 90s when really like uh, um, what is it like? Uh, tabloid news started taking over, and I really remember uh, a good like example of this is uh, um, what's his name? Who's the Fox News guy that everybody hates? O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Remember what did he have? Hard copy or Crown Affair? Co- oh, he was hard copy. Okay, one of the you know, but around that time, all these like shows took off, and Maury Povich was one of them, and. News couldn't be news anymore. It had to be, it had to become like tabloidish. And so, like, I believe there's always been a certain level of maybe embellishment, you know, in some of the storytelling that a lot of these, they're storytellers. It's what these journalists are in some regard. Uh, But this is kind of blatant and uh, absurd in some amounts. Uh, And I don't know if it is as bad as you see a lot of these stories of recent of uh, stolen valor where you see these dudes like out dressed like with uh, uh, badges and uh, awards and different things, you know, and they find out they've, you know, they're just like there to get the deal at the store or they're living like this alternative lifestyle. You know, they're busting on people stolen valor. Okay, Uh, and I don't think that it's quite that bad, but it is kind of quite that bad. You know, like he, he was he it's not stolen valor. But this is a guy who painted a fictitious picture to us as an audience. And I don't think we can ever look at him in that high regard anymore. Uh, But at the same time, we've risen up uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly to like a serious uh, news anchor, too. So I think it's just like he's it's typical of today's of today's uh, news. media. Yeah, but he's still stuck in that cable side of the world. Uh, Brian Williams, that's a big deal. It's going to be interesting how it shakes down. in a different era, this would have been way bigger news when it was just your three main newsmen. But speaking of the Bill O'Reilly's, there's a lots of options out there. And we thank you. Lots of options in the podcast world. Thank you for giving us a listen. We can come back from a quick break with not necessarily sports. 
uh, Super Bowl and football as we know it has ended until next season. Lots of congratulations going on. We have fantasy football winners. We have Super Bowl winners. We'll be back. Give us a call, 347-838-8764. Tenth caller gets a prize. Two have called already. That's right. One is on the line, and that's our boy, John Wheaton, joining us next. So we just need a few more to win some money. Leave it up to us to fill up on our friends. If I could spend the rest of my life with my people, I would do it over and over again. I live in my mind and I know there's no. Shuffling. Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. Noodle. Noodle, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Pal. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Ah, what the shit was that? Won't get ready for the next episode. Hey, hey, hey. Studio on a Thursday night. We'll be back hopefully next week at our regular time, Wednesday night. Uh, following trivia, trivia was off this week. Hopefully, we'll be back and snapping. Yeah, we stopped. We didn't do the show. Trivia wasn't around, and we didn't do the show. The uh, so we had we just did uh, some interview session. We're going to come back now with some not necessarily sports, lots of things to talk about in the sports world. Uh, coming off of. Uh, the Super Bowl last weekend. I'm still freaked out over, and it's still sports, Bruce Jenner. Still freaked out over. Are you freaked out over? It is, and I guess this is not necessarily <laughs> a sports. We've been talking. How many gold medals man? did he win? Was he like two times? I think he he competed twice. Did he win gold both times? I mean, I don't know. I mean, in like a, triathlon. I mean, in this day and age, I'm not going to fake it. I'll find it out. Okay, so basically, I'll stall for you. Basically, um, what? It, uh, I don't even know how to start this. Story. I don't know. I think he's got one in the men's decathlon. All right. I don't, don't want to figure this out. I don't want to be Googling Bruce, Bruce Jenner right Jenner. now because it doesn't come up. Bruce Jenner, who you know, is, you know what doesn't come up? His Olympic stuff. You know what doesn't now come up? His nowadays, he's, he is more known for his work on... What is the name of the show? Kardashians? Is it just called The Kardashians? Growing up Kardashians. Why do you do that thing where you act like you don't know? I honestly do. I could not name all of the uh, Kardashians. But you could name the show. I've never seen the show. I've ne- I've seen like the show has been on in a room where I've been walking through, but I didn't stop at him, or I wasn't gonna you know 
I don't know. The one of them's one of the one of them was married to Lamar Odom. One of them is currently married to Kanye West, and uh, that's about the extent that I know of them. One of them is Bruce, married to Bruce Jenner, and well, and, uh, and you know. They, no, are they not even married anymore? Well, and, They're no longer married. And, and Kim Kardashian was married to... What, who's this, what? Stan Humphreys. No, the dude that's on The Wizards right now. Stan Humphreys? No, his name's not Stan Humphreys. <laughs> that was the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers in 1994. <laughs> who upset it's the Steelers and went to the Super Bowl. The, uh, by the way. What, what is his Stan, name? How do you slip in Stan Humphreys? I hate that, dude. That's like bringing up Tom... Tom Glavin or something. Why do you do such things? What's you know who I'm talking about? And this is what here is my whole segue. Chris Humphrey. Yeah. So you know who you know what my dad posted on a Throwback Thursday a few months ago. I didn't even know I met him. So at the Michael Jordan Classic, which I got to cover like a long a long time ago in 2003 or whatever. Chris Humphrey was in that game, and it's me interviewing him, like getting a picture interviewing him. Yeah. Isn't that neat, man? That's pretty sweet. And I was in a press conference with LeBron. But Chris Humphreys was there. It's my boy. He knows a Kardashian. I wanted to name my kid Kendall, but that's not allowed because there's a Kendall Kardashian. That is what we call full circle. You want to bring anybody in? No, bring in you want to bring in anybody? Yeah, bring him on in, dude. Let's bring now, everybody Kendall, in. Kendall is not a Kardashian. Kendall is a Jenner. Kendall Jenner. Sorry, but it's Kendall the same is family. a Jenner. Same and what K. we are getting at is her dad is not going to be... A man not much a man. longer. He's not a man much longer. That sounds like a song. Right. Her dad. Don't, 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 don't. John, I'm sorry. He's we have not going to be a man much longer. I hate that we have to bring in our mixed martial arts expert, but also football expert. We like to use the word expert as a surname. Have you heard about Bruce Jenner, man? John Wheaton, what's going on, my man? It's been a long time. We love that you're back with us. Bruce Jenner, Olympic Games, 1976, Montreal decathlon gold, 1975 Pan American Games, Mexico City gold. Why can't we have you produce? Yeah, yeah, two times. Wikipedia, which I pulled up real quick. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Dude, we're chilling like some villains, but we ain't hanging like uh, <laughs> Bruce Jenner. The, so what do you think? Has he had no. a little bit of a little woman? In, is, has there been a little woman inside of him? All along, I mean, or do you think his? <laughs> I, I think know. his involvement with. I think here's my theory on this. Okay, I think that his. I don't know if they're still together or not. Ex-wife, current wife, last wife, previous. The Kardashian woman, Chris. Chris is the mom. Quit acting like you don't know this Antichrist, family. basically, yeah. or is like a witch somewhere in the lineage of Antichrists that is has a spawn that you know every so many generations, seven or so. All right, preach it, is preach the it, Antichrist. Bro. Preach it, brother. I think that he had. I don't think he was. She turned him. I, in, I think she he was all that? right, dude. I think he was all right, like an athlete. And then and she stuff. made him a woman. And she, she, uh, here's the here's the here is the one here's the big thing, dude. Here and I don't I don't know. I think You're we're cool. I think present company. I think present company. We're cool. The one, number one like warning sign is when a woman doesn't take the uh, married name. 
Okay, I think that that is a big issue, and I think that has always maybe, bothered. Maybe him. in Fauquier County, but not in Hollywood. But look, that wasn't even her. That's not a big deal at that point. It wasn't even names. her name. They have it famous was... names. Kardashian's a famous name, and Jenner's a famous name. Why would they? And they're no. Whole... I'm just saying all along, it's a whole buildup of his treatment and stuff. And I think he knows that. Well, you're she saying has their marriage like, was a shamakery. She which, has I been guess. probably doing NBA stars and rappers herself. <laughs> right. For years. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'm for sorry, years. I'm sorry I brought this up. I'm sorry. And I think that all of this, sorry, uh, all of this treatment to him <laughs> as a man, okay, has has really chiseled away at him in a public spectrum. You know, he's been turned into he, this. I think he's just cracked. I think turned, he has just snapped. He wasn't born. This I don't. Way. Th- he no, I think this is a case of to quote Lady Gaga. I think this is born a, this way. I think this. What, I think this person was broken by an evil per- person. Right, I think right. that he's damaged goods, and I think that he doesn't know what he's doing to himself. He's damaged goods. Don't go after that one, John. I don't know what I just said with that. Here, well, no. Here's two simpler theories for you, and then I'll let it go. Uh, the first one is maybe he got all, around all the drama of a reality show and, you know, being a Kardashian, yada, yada. And maybe he just loves the drama and wants some of it to be centered around him. Uh, that's theory number one. Theory number two is maybe he doesn't want to be the only Kardashian that hasn't dated a sort of a NBA star. <laughs> yeah, he'll be, he'll be, yeah, you know, he'll get some. He might find, uh, he, he, might, might. he might find Eddie Murphy. There's, there's lots, there's lots out there. You know, I'm really tolerant now. You know how I used to be on that and whatever. I'm tolerant now on, on you know, everybody's lifestyle and everything. But honestly, this, I mean, this is strange. When, when you're when you're fully changing from man to woman and, you know, whatever, then, yeah, I think at some point you've been broken or your wires are crossed or something. Right. Something's wrong. And I don't I don't know what really triggers someone to do that. So I don't know. It's a strange deal. But I'm with Rob. If you offered me $100 right now, uh... I couldn't really name the show. I know it's a Kardashian something, and I always almost want to say it's keeping up with the Kardashians. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, oh, I thought it was growing up hey, Kardashian. We don't get ten callers. You're gonna win that twenty. Right? Yeah. If you if you if, had, if we don't I get no ten idea. callers, you're gonna win that gift certificate. So you have to come up here to drink it. You have to beat Mitch head to head at trivia questions. Oh yeah, baby. You better watch out. I am the worst player ever. Okay, I'm manning this up. We're we're gonna stop talking about transgender vestite uh, uh, topics. Um, I'm manning it up. We're bringing Alex back in. Do you want to go like so? I mean, like a little football talk. I mean, there was the Super Bowl. First of all, everybody. Men and do men, you know, men get picked on a lot. We do have it bad sometimes. When football ends, there's just it's like I have my manly monthly for that week. It is the worst. Yeah, there's sadness in the air. There's there's complete sadness in the air. And what the hell is your manly monthly? Like the woman sounds like the like the woman even like the Aunt Flo, but for the man. Do you have like do you bleed, Mitch? Hey, Rob, for Uncle Flo. Uncle Florence. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mitch. But I'm just down and out. I'm in the dumps, man. I need to eat chocolate. I'm freaking I'm, I'm depressed. I'm bummed. Well, let's go Super Bowl then because I'd love to get your y'all's take on, right. on the play call because I, um, I have one that might differ from y'all's actually. I can go first if you like. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to talk about. So, I mean, the game obviously ended in, I mean, in just dramatic fashion. Everyone saw the ending. The, pay, the play call John puts in question is Pete Carroll's play call to throw at the half-yard line. Was intercepted by Butler. Um, my reaction 
to set this up because I really kind of like take the other against a half and half. I'm leaning and I'm going with my initial reaction at the time where it was just, that's a terrible call. Like, you just give it to Marshawn Lynch. She's incredible. Um, now that everyone's, like, overanalyzing on all the analysis, talking about, hey, they're going to be able to run third and fourth down, and this was a perfect play call considering the circumstances because Belichick didn't call the timeout. He had the personnel he wanted to stop the run or, or put, put him into position for these plays. After all the analysis, yeah, I can talk myself into, like, okay, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. But no, it's a Super Bowl. You have three plays with the best running back, at least power running back in the game. So my initial reaction is what I'm still going with. You you still run it. But I can see where people are leaning the other way after the over-analysis. Yeah, I haven't heard actually any analysis after uh, afterwards, really, because uh, I've been so busy. I haven't really listened to ESPN radio like I like to do or anything. But my initial reaction was this, and I was actually talking to my dad about it right after the game. I didn't have a problem with the call. If it was me, I'm running it. But um, I didn't have a problem with the play call because everybody thought that the run was coming. So you run a, an inside slant to the slot receiver from the one-yard line. I mean, that's that's going to usually work. That's a big-body receiver. They ran a pick. I mean, and it was there. What I think happened, and Pete Carroll's going to be crucified forever for it, that was just the most phenomenal defensive play you're ever going to see. Not from, I mean, he recognized it. Uh, he recognized the uh, the stack formation, then reacted to it, and got to his spot. And then, above all that, made a ridiculous catch. I mean, there was a big collision right when he was trying to secure the ball. That was a hell of a catch, guys. So I think it, it wasn't a horrible call. Would I have done it? No. You got Marshawn Lynch. I mean, I would have just handed it to him and, you know, and, and that's it. But I, I actually did not have a problem with the call. Um, I think you normally would catch everybody by surprise, and that's a shoe-in and it's game over. But I think what you saw was the most phenomenal defensive play you're ever going to see in the biggest spot that you're ever going to see it in. It's, and that's unfortunate for Pete Carroll. I loved it because I like the Patriots. I know you don't like hearing that, Mitch, but I loved it. I couldn't believe it happened. And when Russell Wilson dropped back the pass, I remember thinking, holy cow, we have a chance here. Because, like I said, I wouldn't have put it in the air. But I don't think it was as horrible a call as everybody else thinks it was. It is the easiest Monday morning quarterback uh, statement to make when you see something like this uh, happen. Like, why on earth, uh, you know what, what do you do? This is the stupidest call ever. Because they don't execute it. It doesn't happen. If he makes it, it, it's the most brilliant call ever uh, because everybody in the on, on both sides of the ball are thinking, uh, and on both sides of the, in the stadium, everybody in the stadium, everybody at home is thinking, run, 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 and he, and he, and he throws it. If, you, if he catches that, it's the craziest like ending to a Super Bowl ever. But, and if you see, too, like, uh, Butler was like actually call, put in directly for that play, and they have like the sideline tapes where they're like calling him Butler, Butler, get him in, get him in. And he says they were like taught they, they had run down this specific formation in practice. And if you look at him, he breaks for his spot to that ball before the receiver does off the snap. And in a regular like body relative body size. Uh, matchups, maybe even being undersized to the receiver, uh, he makes an outstanding physical play to the ball to bump 
the receiver's arm and jolt his body off to, first of all, deflect the arm to get it out of the way so that he can make the catch and knocking the receiver off of the, the post to, to, to not be able to, to have position. It is the most amazing defensive play in the history of the Super Bowl. And that's, I mean, and that's even like having seen like the James Harrison 14-point uh, turnaround interception, uh, which should have got him uh, MVP of that Super Bowl. It's the most amazing play ever. And it's coming from somebody who was a no-name, who has been mistaken for a Colts cornerback uh, uh, in media uh, you know, since that happened. This is a guy who was working at Popeye six months ago. Uh, and it this is because of hard work preparation. He said that he like blacked out right before the play, and he just went, he just it, he just knew what was happening, and he wasn't even in control of himself. So it was due to the preparation that 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 he had, the specific. I mean, it was a checkmate. It was a chess match, and it was it was the final checkmate. And it was I think it's the most I think it's the most amazing. And I didn't want the Patriots to win. And I and I do did initially blame Pete Carroll, uh, but I don't think it was such a bad call as it was just an amazing defensive call to recognize the play to get the form the the the, the players in on that formation and having them have re- recited that same play in practice to know to break. I mean, because you're selling out for that one play. Uh, All the more reason I think it's Pat that Pete Carroll should be. Should be blamed a little bit more, especially if they they had practiced it over and over again. That means it was predictable. Just run the ball, hey, uh, Alex. What do you think about the play? I mean, like, what, what was your initial reaction? Okay, a c- couple of things first, John. It's good to hear you again. I I, I agree totally with what you said, but hey, my caveat. So I, I read at some point this week that I that Russell Wilson was lobbying for throwing the ball at the end of the first half for that touchdown pass, and Pete Carroll was going. No, no, we need the points for us. We need the points. We got to kick, kick the field goal. But Wilson talked him into the play, right? So I, I, I just wonder how much that played into this as well. If Russell Wilson, you know, if they, if they kind of set the golden boy up for a play. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's it's, it's mind boggling to everybody why you don't just run the ball, right? They still have a timeout. And, they and, could tie the game with a field goal, right? And I mean, and, and here and here's the case and. No, they needed the touchdown. The field goal wouldn't have done any good. Yeah, it was a four-point game. Four okay, yeah, I'm sorry. With, yeah, with, with, with it being a four-point game, but you're on the half-yard line. So, you know, if you run the ball in right there, you score, you know, I guess there's 29, 30 seconds left in the game. You know who then – what about read option? Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a perfect it, call for that. It should have been – if it's going to be a pass play, in my opinion, and I, and I agree, this is a high-percentage pass play, but – it's not as so, high. Well, the only problem with read option to Russell Wilson, though, you know how long he takes. I mean, he takes longer than Fran Tarkenton did back there. I mean, that that, that could have went on for yeah, ten seconds easily. I, a play, I, you know well, what I mean? So maybe that's maybe that's not the right call. It seems right, like, but maybe not. I like a play. I, I like a play action rollout or a run, and only throw that ball if the tight end is wide open, or just throw it 50, into you know fifty yard fifty rows back in the stands. Right. But that's why the slant works because it's a bang bang play. I mean, it's it's usually it's it's knocked down. I mean, that, like I said, that oh, kid it was a great made play. it was a great one play. hell of a play to get that pick. It was a great that's play. It's a one in a million play, just like that dumbass catching the ball on his back. You know, two plays earlier. And then you know what? You know what? And what's what's crazy? And the, and and Belichick would have been scrutinized. 
to the nth degree if they score right away and he didn't call any of his timeouts because he has two timeouts remaining. That He would have been the scrutinized one. But the resulting thing by Pete Carroll kind of doing a play that people thought was a low percentage play you would call in that situation, Belichick not calling timeouts and putting heat on them to kind of just – Keep it going, like I mean, they're, they're, pretty they're, cool they're, chess match. Yeah, the ch- <laughs> yeah, the, the clock is running down now. Now, if you call the timeouts and he has the fifty seconds for you know they have, to, they, I mean that's all the time in the world. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, Belichick, I don't know if that was his thought process. It worked out in his favor, um, but if he doesn't call those timeouts, he's scrutinized. But what an amazing finish! I mean that, that when that catch happens, I mean you just think of the Tyree catch, you think of the uh, the Mario Manningham catch. They've had some the, the New England Patriots have had some heartbreaking, big time catches. Oh, and I thought it was going to happen again. And I text my dad. Actually, I think my exact words were, "I can't believe they're going to lose on another fluky play." I tell you what, it's two more feathers in the cap for Bill Belichick because. Not only do you have them so prepared for that stack formation and, and to get to that spot, you had them looking for that play, but also the timeouts that you guys are talking about. Because um, when they were down there and he wasn't calling timeout, and yes, I'm crazy guy talks to the TV guy, I'm saying don't call the timeouts, don't call the timeouts. Because I thought that was smart because defense is only a couple different and really one thing that you're going to run from down there. So you're pretty well set. The offense is the one that has to make decisions, so don't don't give them time to make the right one. Make them decide under fire, and you're in the lead, so the pressure's on Seattle. So yeah, keep the pressure mounting, keep it building. And Seattle's got a younger team. I know they just won it last year, so you would think that if anything, they might have less nerves than in New England. But let the pressure be right on Seattle. Let them have to rush it. Let them have to get to the line, call the play, get in the right formation the whole nine. So I thought that was you know two feathers in Bill Belichick's uh, cap. And, but, yeah, even if even if the Patriots would have lost, you know, in that situation, what a finish to the Super Bowl. That was um, that was one of the best Super Bowls that I can ever remember seeing. And aside from last year, yeah. the Super Bowls are really good now, guys. You guys remember, like, mid-'80s, late-'80s, and then all throughout the 90s yeah, when the Super Bowl was just an annual beatdown? It, uh, it was horrible. Now they're really, really good. I agree. I agree. Like, and it started like when, when the when the Rams and Titans played, and the one came down to like the last second to tie the game. It seemed at that point was the was there was a turning point where you still had some lopsided ones like you know Tampa Bay and you know uh, Oakland, but you've had mostly competitive games. Even the ones New England have won. Every every Super Bowl New England has been in has been very competitive, one score games. I think um, at the end they've all been three points. Every one of them except this one. This was a blowout. Four points. <laughs> All the other ones were Adam uh, Vinatieri field goals, two of them in the last seconds, and I think the Eagles one was like in the last uh, minute and a half or something like that. But, yeah, they've all been very close. Yeah, McNabb threw up when he tried to go down to tie the game when they couldn't get it done. Right. A little bit out of shape. Syracuse. Syracuse people. (laughs) Um, The Super Bowl leaves lots of questions up there. I mean, the contracts to keep Seattle in place – Russell Wilson's going to get paid whatever it takes. And, you know, whether or not people think he's a game manager or what, when you have a defense and a – when you have the greatest defense in the game and maybe the best running back in the game, uh, he does what he needs to do. And he's the, he's the best at running the read option and being that multifaceted quarterback. So, And he's obviously you know, been to two Super Bowls. He's going to get paid. Um, I don't know. if Do you think he'll go max, like go, like go Flacco style? Or, I mean, maybe take a little cut just to – 
keep some of the people around. Um, they also have to sign Marshawn Lynch, and that was uh, rumored to be happening right before the Super Bowl. So they have lots, I mean, lots of decisions Def- defensively too, right? I mean, they've got contracts that are going to be up as well. Keeping that team together is going to yeah, be yeah. But a I wonder because Marshawn Lynch is such an introvert. Uh, he's such a, a, a weird kind of guy. I think if they'd have won it, especially if they'd have handed it to him and he ran it in and they won it that way, I think it's a shoe and he re-signed with Seattle. But being that they lost and they lost because they didn't give it to him at the end of the game, I almost wonder if a guy like that would look at that and say, you know what, I'm I'm leaving, I'm heading out. I don't really know. But I mean, with somebody like Marshawn Lynch, I don't even know if, if he knows. So it would be interesting if Marshawn Lynch stays or goes. And if he goes, that's a big blow. I mean, it's not necessarily a running back league anymore. But he's just a different animal. I heard. Um, I forget but who it was. Of the John, if you take him out of the picture, then there's there's nothing for Russell Wilson. Nothing. He's a different quarterback after that. Yeah, it's a big blow, and that's what I'm saying. That changes Seattle's whole dynamic. And I like what I, I think it was Chris Collinsworth might have said it. You don't run Marshawn Lynch, you release him, <laughs> and that's true. He's a different kind of guy. He is such an animal. So if they lose him, I mean that that does change the entire dynamic. And it opens up the NFC West, and certainly the NFC. So I wonder, and I think everything starts and stops with Marshawn Lynch. Because Russell Wilson's obviously staying, and he's going to get paid. If Marshawn Lynch exits, then Russell gets a, a max contract. If Marshawn Lynch stays, then Russell Wilson will have to be a little more cap-friendly because they're talking about Marshawn you know, is going to probably make upwards of $10 million a year. Um, and he's the one running back in the league where I'd say, you know what? That's ten million dollars a year, well spent. So I'll be interested to see where he goes first. And if he stays put, then you know I don't think you'll see much change in John, Seattle. John, so the fact that you quoted Chris Collinsworth puts you in like a timeout for like a little bit. We can't. You're, you're, you just can't. You're, <laughs> Russell Wilson at least has a year left on his contract. I think he's set to make like under. I think it's under seven hundred thousand dollars. So he's going to get paid in shade, baby. But they have just given out large chunks of money to that Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman, uh, to uh, Bam Bam Cam Chancellor, and to Earl Thomas, big contracts. They're going to watch Byron Ma- Maxwell walk away because they don't have room to sign oh, dude, another engine, uh, cornerback. Man. And uh, Jeremy Lane, who was their third, had a devastating uh, arm fracture. Dude, that was that play crazy, in the, uh, man. Super Bowl, they're going to – I think they're going to have a hard time signing uh, Marshawn Lynch to the contract that he wants and even having room for a hometown discount uh, uh, contract for Russell Wilson uh, because they have some – I think their wide receivers are, are better than what are, are, are expected. They're capable of big plays, even though they're whittled down now to uh, Doug Baldwin and Curse. Uh, even after getting rid of uh, – What's his name? Midseason and uh, letting Golden Tate uh, Percy and letting Golden Harvey, Tate yeah. walk. Golden Tate looked awesome in Detroit, but I think they have some good under underrated uh, wide receiver talent that they're going to have to pay there or let walk. I think they're going to let them walk, and they have a uh, left guard. Uh, I think his name's Kennedy with Carpenter. Carpenter uh, that is a real talent who's going to get a max contract and he's going to walk away. And that's a real strength that they have too. But beyond even beyond Marshawn Lynch is that offensive line. They have a really strong line. Do you think there's something? And I'm not saying you can do it because he's been to one and he's lost one. But with Russell Wilson, he's a he's a he's a, a very good quarterback. There are quarterbacks that may be capable of. 
driving this sort of team formula. And I know that you don't get rid of them, and you can, that would be, there was no question. There's not even a question of it. So they, they have to pay him. But they could be handcuffed a little bit if he only stays at the same level he's at now and the team kind of just starts evaporating because they can't pay everybody. They've got this guy in a max contract like they used to have Peyton Manning in those max contracts, but he's phenomenal. There's got to be some reluctance to give someone like the $100 million 10-year thing. Even though he's, I know he's good, but I don't know if he's that. I don't know if that's really his value. I think he's that's an overinflated estimate of how well with his skill set right now. I think he is that talented, and I think they do give him the contract. He's not going to take the 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 max contract, but he's going to take a very big contract, and he's very deserving of it. And it's crazy to think anything less of getting rid of him. His three years in the league, he's been at the playoffs or the Super Bowl. I know, uh, I know, I know. They just have uh, such a good in, team. in comparison, Marshawn Lynch, as good as he is. He's a 20, he's 28 years old. He's had a lot of head case type issues. He's done a lot of boneheaded type things. As much offensive production as he's brought them. He's 28 years old, and running backs don't last well into their uh, 30s. Quarterbacks do. Uh, if it comes down between the two of them, they're going to keep Russell right, Wilson right. over Marshawn Lynch. Uh, and I think there's a lot of smoke blowing with the Marshawn Lynch contract thing. They might talk some contract with him, but these uh, NFL contracts are very mis- misleading. You know. Most times, the guaranteed money is going to be is less than half of what the contract is. It's going to be ballooned a lot. And Marshawn Lynch, if he signs a big contract, he's not going to be making. He's going to get a guaranteed uh, chunk of around, you know, teens of millions of dollars. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be loaded in the back end that he's never going to see, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he'll get a big. Yeah, he'll he'll demand signing bonus. That'll be a tough contract for him. Um, keeping that, keeping the Patriots together though, it doesn't matter. I mean, they win with anybody, and that I mean, that that goes to like the, one of the other questions that you know I put down on the list. They're going to lose their Super Bowl MVP too. What's his name? The uh, linebacker. They're going to let him go too. There's so many players on that team that they just can't keep that entire core. They're going to have to All make right. room for uh, for uh, for for a Russell Wilson and for the likes of a, a Marshawn Lynch. Uh, but Byron Maxwell, he's going to walk. So Justin Lane is who you're thinking is your is next year your number two. He just had a devastating arm injury. Uh, so there might be they might have to go after some. They're going to have to draft cornerback probably. That's going to well, be a big necessity. And I think that they're already going to be a team that needs to find a Marshawn. Even if you re-sign Marshawn Lynch, this is somebody who's going to be 29 years old next season. But can they be the team that's like... You need so, to find a replacement. What, and what, what's perfect in this league is because you always have to rebuild. That's what this league's all about. And if you get good, eventually someone else is going to get better. That's supposed that's what the league's supposed to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs with teams. New England has pretty much bucked that trend. And, and, the, and, the, and the key ingredient to that is having that stud quarterback and Tom Brady now with the four Super Bowls um, out of six he's been to it's you know cemented himself obviously on the uh, Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks he's the type of guy that can weather those storms when you can you know rebuild your team keep you in the playoffs and stuff I, I just wonder if Russell Wilson will be able to be that guy as well I mean he's I'm not he's not there yet he's building up the pedigree of that guy but Tom Brady has been a guy that they've been able to just go up and down and always be in the mix. And I've always been – Joe Montana, to me, has always been the greatest quarterback of all time. And it was to a Michael Jordan status for me about 10 years ago where I was like, there's no way that anyone could ever 
lift the, lift anybody off the pedestal of Joe Montana. You know, the era of where Joe Montana had played against the Elways, the Marinos, when we were younger, he was the best no matter what. But the Brady, so then Peyton Manning and Brady came out, and then you just started rethinking it a little bit. Brady to me has Well, you know, hearing you say that, I always thought Montana was the same way. It just felt like you just couldn't beat him. <laughs> so I actually felt the same way. And Peyton Manning, as much as I love him, I don't think you can even really, really make an argument for, for career anymore. Maybe for quarterback and for, you know, how he picks apart a defense. But as far as best career, Tom Brady is way past Peyton Manning now. But I always thought the same thing about Joe Montana when I think of the best ever. It's kind of one of those first guys that comes to mind because that 49ers, you know, those 49ers teams were just so unbeatable, and he was such a big part of that. But going back to your point about Russell Wilson, he's not going to be on Tom Brady's level, but I think with Russell Wilson, you know that that position is taken care of, and it's the most important position on your team. So I still, if I had him, I'd sign him to the max contract and I wouldn't blink an eye doing it because it's so hard to get a good, solid quarterback. And he's put together pretty well, too, so you would have to imagine he's going to be pretty healthy. It doesn't take a lot of hits, especially for a mobile guy. So kind of all the factors are right there to say that he'll be, he'll be very good for a long time, I think. And I'll, I'll be the first to say I really didn't think he was going to be that great coming out of college. Um, but he's proved me wrong, and I think he's got staying power. Um, there's no way... You know, it's Tom Brady, like you said, it, the Patriots dynasty is Bill, Tom, and whoever else they put around them. I don't think you had that same thing with Russell Wilson, but I think you have, you know, the quarterback position taken care of. So I think he deserves a max contract, and Seattle would be smart to keep him right there because then you know you're not hitting the complete reset button anytime soon because you've got your franchise quarterback. What do you think, Alex? So, you know, as you were saying, though, so with Brady – the, the comparison between him and Montana, so it's it's so subjective. I hate doing that best ever thing, you know, because I mean, think of all, I mean the players that my the core players. I mean the teams that Montana had him had around him for all those you know six to eight years. There it was largely the same group over and over and over. They were just trying the same guys out and kicking ass. I mean with Brady, they've it's been a, a pretty pretty significant rotation of players. In all of his Super Bowl runs, so I mean that's that's really impressive. So I mean, I, I, I to me, I say Brady deserves a lot of credit, but the coaching is like way above and beyond that because they are so prepared. It's just sick, and you have to prepare for so many things against them. Are they going to run? Are they going to pass? You know, that's it's brutal to play them. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, uh, Tom Brady also has never had. He's never. <laughs> He's never had Roger Craig, Brent Jones, John Taylor, or Jerry Rice. So that's what I'm saying. You can't oh. overlook that either. So that, that's a good point. Tom Brady hasn't had the tools to work with. with he's Joe had Randy Moss, Rob Gronkowski. But I mean, I, he's had some. He's had some big players. But I, but I tell you what, he's been able. I to think work. we have been. Po- Look what they did. My, my, We've been mind poisoned to think that it's just been Tom Brady, and there no. have been years where he's been depleted, like last season at wide receiver. But he has had some. I think there are players like Julian Edelman's. Uh, that we didn't realize how good they really well, are. Well, no, I think, no, I, I, I disagree. I think that his barometer is set, and I put him over Montana, I think, ultimately, because he's been able to win without. The Super Bowls he's won, he's, he hasn't really had the stud core, especially early on. When he has had great receivers, like when he had Randy Moss, he's put up numbers that uh, broke NFL records. 
Um, so he could have put up this. He could have done the regular season statistics stuff with Peyton Manning, blow for blow, if that's what necessitated. I think he's that good. I think that. I think that because first of all, we used to, that was like the first argument of Peyton versus. I mean, he had to beat his own era, you know. So the man. So now it's a kind of like we're putting Manning in the back in the background where that argument is over. Where you know, a couple even a couple years ago, you're like, oh, Manning's better. But you know, now Tom Brady definitely right four Super Bowls. You can't even. It's not really much. You can't even argue it much. But so you have yeah, to. Yeah, it's a different argument. Even a couple of weeks right. ago, so I think passing goals are different. You can't touch the quarterback anymore either. So I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go in the players that today favor. I mean, it goes for my guy too. I mean, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would be that good, you know, playing in 1975. I mean, he'd be good, but I don't think he'd be this good. Rob, you have to have some Missy Elliott, right? That was like important too. That was some good. That was some good stuff. That was some good stuff. He do. He's a. Uh, the Tom Brady's pretty good, though. I think Boston Jay, if we had him call in, that was very bourbon. Yeah, I don't even know how to. Yeah, I don't even know how to how to talk Boston Bostonese. They uh, there's not, not much. I mean, I, I'm trying to. Who was this? Who was this? Troy Vincent, Troy, Troy Brown. Troy Brown was this one of those receivers that played like every position. Yeah, Troy, Troy, Brown. Troy Brown. You got to see yours now, man. I know Troy, Troy Brown. Oh man, I just brought it back all my nightmare from the 2001 season. Oh man, championship game. It's the worst. But he was awesome, dude. Yeah, I know. He, he forever. Retired. He played cornerback. He, like he turned around and played cornerback too. Punt return. He did everything. The um. The he only, didn't murder anybody. The only thing before we get to, and, and it's going to be an <laughs> awesome total beatdown because there's been so much going on. Before we get to that, I want to know though. People will when they look at the top quarterback rankings and when they talk about everything the legacy is with the Belich- Bill Belichick and the Pitts was that a good Boston one that was pretty good is it tarnished a little bit with with the controversies do, do will there be some people even legitimate sports writers that just kind of put them down a peg and say well no 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 it's kind of tarnished because he deflated his balls to win 34 to 7 only the ones only the ones that are bound and determined to knock their legacy down let me put the deflated football thing to rest. Haters. With deflated footballs, no. the score was 17-7. <laughs> With the footballs fixed, it was 28-0. Case closed. It didn't I help. Had. It was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. Well, okay, let me let me ask you this, John. So it didn't help, but I mean, so but let's say they did it and it didn't help. So where does intent play in the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you had, you know, the, the videotaping and some other you know, misgivings along their careers. To, to me, it's it's just the intent. I, I agree. It, it didn't do shit for them. But the intent of trying to gain that competitive advantage on the down low or on the sly is, I mean, that, that just doesn't, it doesn't taste right. No, but if you listen to guys talk about it, they all do it. Aaron Rodgers likes his over and more yep. The kickers like their football scuffed up. What's the the holders up? for field goals like them scuffed up for sure because they have to catch it and place it. Uh, and those K balls are slick, so I mean they all do it. You know they uh, the receivers like them. You know uh, warmed up, and uh, some of them throw them in a dryer, all that kind of. So I mean they all doctor them up a little bit, try to break them in. I think I think we're hearing about it so much because it's the Patriots. All right, we're gonna go to break, and this is not necessarily sports. So let's end this on a not necessarily sports update from the one and only Mike Rogers, my father. He has an update on the Bruce Jenner situation. Apparently, has it happened? Underwear was delivered to Kim. The maid took her to Bruce's closet, and there was 
underwear in there. In Touch Magazine is reported that she asked her maid where it was, and the maid took her to Bruce's closet and showed her French lingerie. Chris, <laughs> you've been busted, my friend. Quit naming all your girls with boys with K's. We'll be back for the latest in mixed martial arts. TBD. We got a lot to discuss. See you, boys. Shuffling. Welcome back to the session. I'm Mitch. You guys ready to get weird tonight or what? He's Rob. I'm looking to get weird. Noodle, kid. No doubt. Coming through. La Costa Nostra. Johnny Blaze. And then you've got Tim Pal. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Ow, what the shit was that? Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. What's up? We're back here on this session. This is Mitch and Rob. I think we got our MMA expert, John Wheaton, joining us tonight. We got a lot of things to talk here on TBZ, Total Beatdown. UFC 183 just happened. We got the results and the results of the results and the drug tests and uh, who failed for what and why and how much they still got paid or docked. What the hell? Who's still in? Who's still out? I tell you what, when you pay 60 bucks, who's open who? When you pay that much money to watch that stuff? And then the last fight is voided. It hurts, man. It's a punch in the gut. Run the bump. Run the bump. Anyway, so uh, UFC 183 results, and then we'll get into it. Then we'll finish with that. We'll we'll uh, money shot with that at the end of the night. <laughs> the uh, but okay, John Wheaton, you're here with us. You're like, John, you're John, you're like a junior high little girl. Like you just money shot made you giggle. <laughs> He's still like yeah, he's, I know. It's actually funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, some results from uh, UFC 183, January 31st, the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, we had uh, some good fights on the undercard. Uh, John Lineker, the uh, Brazilian, defeats Ian McCall by unanimous decision. Rafael Natal. Uh, unanimous decision as well over Tom Watson in three rounds. Um, Derek Brunson, a TKO victory over Ed Short Fuse Herman. This was where this was a pretty exciting fight. Uh, a couple of, of, of at least names in the UFC. Uh, Ed Herman always uh, game and uh, his uh, his name his his his, his Namaker Short Fuse is uh, is just. He's had a little bit of a checker to run in the UFC, but he's still around. He was coming off a victory over Rafael Natal, and he's knocked out 30 seconds, 36 seconds into this fight against uh, Derek Brunson. John, Derek Brunson 
uh, now a two-fight win streak. Previously had beated, uh, had be- bested Lorenz Larkin by uh, unanimous decision in UFC 177. Uh, here he knocks out Ed Herman. Did you uh, see that fight? I did. That was impressive too. And uh, a win over Lorenz Larkin is an impressive win. But beating Ed Herman like this in 36 seconds, it's interesting because they they kind of engaged a couple times. But he was finding his range, Derek Brunson was. And the moment he found his range and he went all in, it was over. Derek Brunson's a pretty scary guy. You might have to put a little check mark next to his name and, and keep an eye on him and, and see how he starts to rise through the ranks because he has a real chance of doing it. That guy is the real deal. All right. Uh, next fight, we had the, the ladies at it. <clears throat> Some of the lovely ladies of the UFC. Misha Tate uh, stays in uh, contention with a majority decision victory over Sarah McMahon. Uh, this was actually a pretty good fight. It just seemed that uh, Sarah McMahon was the more powerful fighter, but Misha Tate was able to out-wrestle her and come away with a majority decision victory. Uh, and Misha Tate still staying in contention to possibly fight Ronda Rousey again someday. John, what did you think of this one? I thought Sarah McMahon was going to own Misha Tate. And then especially, all right, so I thought she would shoot and take her down at will. And I like Misha Tate and I root for her, but I thought Sarah McMahon was going to be all over. And for Misha Tate to win this fight on the ground was astounding to me because I thought her main, so I know she has better submissions than Sarah McMahon, but I thought Sarah McMahon would be able to, you know, get the shot, uh, control her, and grind out a victory. But when Sarah McMahon caught her with that right hand to the jaw and rocked her, even on the feet, I was like, oh, man, Misha's going to get not only owned, but she might get embarrassed tonight. But, man, Misha looked good in that second and third round. And, I mean, that was a really good, exciting fight. Misha Tate, I tell you, she is technically really, really sharp. And I enjoy watching her fight. She's a fantastic fighter. And, you know, she broke her orbital bone in that fight. And she still fought through it and won. I mean, she's tough as nails. I really enjoy watching her. And that was an exciting fight. And I thought they got that call right. Um, The two rounds to one is how I had it. And that that was one of the best fights of the night, I thought. Man, I was glad to see it go the way it did. Sarah McMahon's awfully good, and I like to see her win. But Misha Tate keeps her right there in contention. I think a loss would have set her really far back because I think it's a little bit of a reach her trying to get a third bout with Ronda Rousey anyway. But if she if she beats people like this, I mean, Sarah McMahon, I believe she's a uh, Olympic silver medalist. You beat her for two rounds on the ground. I mean, you do stuff like that, it's going to be hard to deny her a third shot. The uh, yeah, it is, and there, there's fight. there's been some setbacks too with some of the recent roster additions uh, in the women's division in the UFC, and with Misha Tate now is on um, a three fight win streak uh, after losing to Ronda Rousey. Cat Zagano and Ronda Rousey are set to go at it at the end of this month, and UFC 184 on February 28th uh, from Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, that card has kind of fallen apart, but it still has that fight left on it. Uh, that's going to be a big one, too. And Kat Zagano was supposed to have gotten that shot uh, a long time ago after beating Misha Tate uh, in the Ultimate Fighter finale. She was supposed to be the coach on the Ultimate Fighter. There was a little bit of like political posturing, and I think that even Kat, though Kat Zagano was an undefeated fighter at that time, 8-0, uh, and she was supposed to win the, to be a coach in the, in the household against Ronda Rousey, 
Somehow they put Misha Tate back in it. They said that she Kat Zagano had an injury. She took some time off to repair, to get a knee repaired. And in that layoff, her husband and training partner uh, committed suicide in the gym that they trained in every day. And I believe she had a kid with this guy too. So that's a real, that's a real big thing to overcome. It's, she had like a little more than a year off before she came back, and she defeated Amanda Nunes uh, by a TKO victory in three rounds in her last fight, UFC 178. But she'll be taking on Ronda Rousey. That's two undefeated fighters, nine and zero and ten and zero, UFC 184. And this is going to be a great fight uh, to look forward to. Uh, but just an interesting side note: This is probably Ronda Rousey has been becoming the, becoming the curmudgeon, and she's a little bit of the heel these days, and she's playing into the villain. But she has a, she's shown a lot of respect for Kat, Kat Zagano, like probably more than she's shown anybody else. And there might be like an emotional tie into this. I know Kat Zagano is coming away, coming in from a lot of emotions. Her husband ha- having committed suicide. I mean, this is like. Her everything because it's her husband, it's her father of her child, it's her training partner in the gym that they trained in. It's a big thing to overcome. But Ronda Rousey's dad actually committed suicide too after a sledding accident when her and her sister were little kids. He had actually hurt himself when he was sledding and couldn't. uh, He had some health issues stemming from that and he committed suicide while Ronda Rousey was a child. And it was a big thing for her to overcome in her life. So I think that that's just the inside, like crazy. Thing that you don't, I don't think that anybody's really going to highlight or say anything about, but I think there's a lot of emotions and respect or just common. There's, there's some, there's a common like tie between the two of them. Uh, and I've seen, I really think that, that, uh, Ron has kind of showed a little bit more respect for her than she has some of her other opponents. That's going to be interesting to look forward to, to look forward to. But I think Misha Tate, if they don't get some of these other additions. Like, moved up quick to fight. There's been delays with a lot of... Uh, Van Zant hasn't fought yet. There's two fighters, Paige. Uh, there's, like, two fighters that haven't fought yet, and then there's fighters who are injured, and then there's fighters who still aren't <coughs> signed to the UFC, who, even if they were signed in the UFC, they probably wouldn't get a right-away uh, uh, title who, shot who fight. Can, but I think Misha Tate is going to get another shot. Who can... I mean, if so, um, the, the fact Tate, like, you know, she, she takes Sal McMahon and... If Rousey beats Zagano, is there anyone really left? I mean, we we've seen what happens with with Misha Tate, and maybe maybe the result will be different. But it, is there anybody else in the women's division that can even touch Ronda Rousey if 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 she wins her next fight, and then also Tate is her next opponent, and she wins again there? Well, there's a lot of like I not said, really not from a business standpoint. They were talking about Gina Carano that fell through. They can't get Cyborg in there. Um, Holly Holm, she's already signed to fight. They're going to make her fight her way uh, to Rousey, at least win one fight, which I think is the right path. So, no, I think Kat Zingano, which, by the way, Rob, you and I were saying before she got hurt that she was probably the only credible threat to Ronda Rousey's throne. I don't know if I believe it really anymore. I think it's a huge challenge, but coming off of an injury plus uh, you know ring rust, been a long time since she's been in there. So I favor Ronda Rousey more now. But, um, you know, we thought she was the only real threat to Ronda Rousey's throne back when. So if Ronda gets through her as well, I don't really know if there's anybody else that you can market because nobody really knows who Holly Holm is. Nobody knows who Paige Van Sant is. I I think you might see Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate sooner than later, although Misha got a six-month medical suspension for the broken orbitable. But I think it's a very realistic possibility that Misha... 
is uh, is the next opponent, or maybe two opponents off. I, I think, think she's in the not so distant future. I think me, me, I think Misha is going to be the next opponent, just because I think it's the only thing that's going to sell. Having not really launched Paige, uh, Holly Holm and Paige Van Zandt yet, we can come back and talk about about this again too, because there's a lot of discussion from a lot of uh, fighter grumblings from a lot of female fighters on the roster that UFC is really pulling talent in more for their looks now. Than necessarily their fighting uh, prowess, okay? Well, and that's uh, their promotion of the Ultimate Fighter with all the girls. They kind of promoted them, kind of like in a hot fashion, right? So, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like somewhat. I mean, some of them. I, I don't think. I mean, the, f- well, the first promos, but that's kind of how they, you know, portrayed it. They were the. Kind of uh, but you know, anyway, I think that it seems like more and more. If you see like Holly Holm and Paige Van Zandt, what they look like, it looks like they're looking more for like the model types and stuff, that, rather than like you know. And they're even on the lighter side. I think that uh, I think that uh, the biggest uh, competition would really be Kat Zagana for, to Ronda Rousey right now, and then I think Misha Tate. You know, even though she's lost twice, is the is the next one. But there's lots of time for us to talk about that uh, in the couple weeks to come before that fight and after that fight. Let's sum this card up. I'm going to cut to it because we've got like four or five minutes left. Uh, Tiago Alves defeats Jordan Main by a KO victory. Uh, Tally's Leites defeats our friend Timbosh uh, by uh, arm triangle choke in a second. Ally and Quinta, uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, incredible knockout of Joe Lozon, TKO in the second round. Uh, Tyron Woodley, uh, this is upsetting, guys, and this is something I want to talk about too, leading into the end of this fight. Some things that I want to see change in the UFC or in, in, in MMA altogether. Kevin Gastelum uh, was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter. This is a guy who is kind of being uh, pushed into this 170-pound uh, weight class where he's much more of a natural 185er. Uh, he, even though he won uh, the the Ultimate Fighter, uh, he could he did not make weight for this. He was heavily depleted, and he had to go to the hospital uh, the, the day of weigh-ins. His he was like docked like thirty percent of his purse, which Tyrone Woodley like like turned down basically. Uh, didn't want it to take. I don't know if he's going to go back to Kelvin Gastelum or not. Uh, but here's some things that I want to talk about, and then we'll talk about the main event, Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz. I think that some things that I'd like to see is I would like to see better drug testing in the in the UFC, in the, in the MMA altogether. I think it should be happen weeks before. And if people fail, I don't know why these fights are going on. This last three cards now that we've seen in the UFC where fighters have failed weeks before uh, for different drugs or, or, or PED-related issues, uh, and yet they were allowed to go on and fight. I think it's kind of sickening. And I would endorse, too, you see all these people cutting, and I think that it's an interesting uh, like technique to the game or play to the game. But I think that I think that these weigh-ins the day before, I think a good way you could really shake things up is make people weigh in the day of the fight so that they couldn't cut all this weight and then put it all back on. Uh, you'd see truer fights. You'd see a fighter like Kelvin Gastium who couldn't make 170, who should never be trying to make 170, uh, fighting at his 185 pounds and have legitimate competition to back him up. John... As a fighter, like, what do you have to say about that? Do you think that those – what do you think about, uh, uh, you know, the likes of the two fighters in the main event here, Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz, failing for uh, – Nick Diaz failing for, 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 for cannabis, and he has a medical prescription in his home state of California, and Anderson Silva failing for two steroids uh, two weeks before his fight – uh, and they allow UFC allows him to go on to fight, in which he wins by unanimous uh, decision victory. Uh, but he he and he's denying this, but it's in his system. 
I don't know if he has any play here. And this is a guy who said that anybody who tests positive for steroids should never be able to fight again. Uh, what do you think of those two yeah, things well, about to... the way in the day before and and more or day of the fight and uh, and the likes of the drug testing? What do you think should be done here? Because it's rampant. The the weight cutting is out of control and it's sickening. It's it's crazy how fighters can get away with it. Uh, John Jones would never be able to make two hundred and five pounds if he had to weigh in the day of. Uh, all of the big big people, it would shake things up tremendously. And uh, the drug testing, it should be taken more seriously, and should these fighters be allowed to fight if they're testing positive before the fight? Well, you'd see truer fights, and you'd see healthier fighters, because when I, the, the tournaments that I do, there's only one of them that allows you to weigh in the day before. Every one of the other in the day of. You get there, you weigh in when you check in, and then when your bracket is called, you weigh in again, and then... Uh, for the state championship, literally, there's a scale at the edge of the mat. You weigh in right before you fight. So it would force guys to be a little healthier about it because you're not going to do these drastic cuts and then walk out onto the mat depleted. So you would, you know, cut to a, a higher weight class than what you're trying to get to with the weigh-ins the day before. So you would have guys fighting truer to their normal size. So what they would do, they you know, tighten up their diet and lose some weight, but you're talking about, you know, a 10-pound difference from their regular walk-around weight, not 30, 28, 34 pounds. And so you wouldn't have as many guys missing weight either. So I love the idea, Rob, of, of weigh-ins the day of the fight. Hell, I have to do it. <laughs> and uh, and it's not so bad. And it would keep guys from doing those those crash cuts and, you know, guys missing weight. And I think that has a lot to do as well with some of these guys sinking backstage and fights being canceled i mean they're just doing too much to their body so it hurts the business too so if they did weigh-ins the day of i would fully endorse that as far as the drugs go I, you know it's horribly disappointing i don't care if nick diaz smoked pot we all know he's gonna smoke pot so and that's not gonna affect his performance i think it's uh, safer if he, for, for, anyways, for, for humanity if he does smoke pot because i think he's he's angry enough as somebody who does smoke pot on the regs I don't want to see what yeah. he could be like, how volatile he could be if somebody took it away from him. No, I wouldn't want to see that either. But I'll tell you what, Rob, I'm on board with you with this. Either test and do something with the test or don't freaking test. But if you're going to test fighters and they fail before the fight, don't let them fight. I mean, period. And if you're not going to do that, then don't test because I don't want to know about it. So either go all in or leave it alone. But let's not do this walk in the middle of the road because you can't choose a side kind of thing. Don't test them, and then they fail, and then just don't say anything until after the fight. To me, that's ridiculous. And with Anderson Silva failing, the bad thing is this. He's now tarnished his legacy on the two biggest things that we thought he was, and that is invincible and clean. So in his last three fights, he's lost twice, snapped his leg in half, and got popped for steroids. So that's really, really disappointing because everything that we thought Anderson Silva was, and I'm an Anderson Silva fan, and I still say that I'm an Anderson Silva fan, but everything that we thought he was, he's not anymore, you know, because he's been beat twice, and now apparently he cheats like all the rest. So it's horribly disappointing, and it's really damaging to his legacy. But now maybe with this fight, maybe he proved, you know, everybody says he's proved everything there is possible to prove. Maybe this past fight proved the one thing that he hadn't proved yet, and that is that he could come back from a catastrophic injury and still compete and still win against a high-level opponent. 
So maybe now he's truly proved everything. But, I mean, you know, he, he's tarnished his legacy in, in the meantime, and I hate to see it, and especially the steroids. I mean, I can deal with the, you know, the invincibility being gone because nobody's actually invincible. But getting popped for steroids, especially when he takes such a strong stand before that, uh, is, is really disappointing. And so telling, too, the first thing he does after the win is jump out of the the, the steel cage and heads over to headbutt uh, John Jones, who just failed his pre-fight drug test. It's so messed up. I wish the sta- different state municipalities for athletic commissions would institute that. And what a better way for New York State, who we've been talking about for years, everybody wants to bring in and have to, to legalize MMA. What better way if they did it, if they were the first ones that did it, where a fighter had to weigh in the day of, or if they made that a stipulation, or had to take a drug test two weeks before the day of and a week after and had to pass all of them. You know, what if that, they, that, what a way to save face, what a way to go ahead and make the turnaround to be the first municipality to do that. Why doesn't the Nevada State Athletic Commission do it themselves? Uh, money, and maybe money, you money. would see places that, that, would, that would do this. It's all money. That's the real. That's the yeah, real. I was getting ready to say the same thing, Mitch. I think it's all money driven, and that's. I mean, that's the first thing that jumps out to me when I found out John Jones had already failed a cocaine test, and Anderson Silva had already failed for steroids. They leave those fights on because it's John Jones, Danny Cormier, and because it's Anderson Silva, Nick Diaz. If it's Uncle Creepy against you know, pick a random flyweight, John Dodson. I think that they make an example and say, oh, they, they, they got popped and, and we're not letting this fight go on, you know, because it doesn't matter to them. That's not going to affect their pocketbook at all. No offense to those fighters, but nobody is buying a pay-per-view to watch them. But when it's John Jones and when it's Anderson Silva and when it's Nick Diaz, now it's a different story. And you're talking about uh, uh, tens of millions of dollars, I'm sure it would cost them. I don't know what they make on these things, but I imagine it's probably about $60 million for the UFC for these big, big ones. And so that's all it comes down to is, is money. They're not going to let the drug test come out until afterwards because they want the fights to happen. And, and it's a shame when you realize how the world really works because we have these ideals that we think are the way it goes, especially with sports. You know, everything's clean, clean lifestyle, everything's healthy. It's unfortunately just not that way at all. And sometimes that gets brought to the forefront where we can all see it. Yeah, I think it's ultimately going to come down to the fans that are really going to have to make a push for it if that's what they want. And I think the true fans want it. You know, in my opinion of it is it's just like if they if they let it go, like, you know, in pride fighting, it was almost known that, hey, we, we allow our fighters to, to, to juice and everybody was on steroids. I mean, they were encouraged to do it. So, I mean, it was almost a level playing field just because you assumed that everybody was doing it. And if you were, there were fighters who didn't go to fight in pride. Because they knew they would be pressured to, to use steroids. Uh, if, if it's a level playing crowd ground, I have like a different opinion of it. I think it's not only immoral; it's unsafe if it, it, to happen otherwise. But for me, as a purist, you know, even in the John Jones fight, if they came two weeks ahead a, a time to me and said, "Hey," you know, uh, or said to me, you know, if they just came out and said, "Hey, John Jones." is our champion, and he just pissed dirty, and uh, we're stripping him, and he's not going to get a fight until he can piss clean, and we're going to have an interim championship fight, and we're going to bump somebody up. I'm a purist fan who's been there from the start, and I would respect that more than hearing that they find out that he he was basically pissed dirty, and they went ahead and let the fight go on. You know, 
Like, uh, if enough people really feel that, that way, if enough people feel, I mean, it's I like it's that. happened before. Sean's shirt got stripped. He wasn't allowed to fight. He was stripped of his title because he pissed dirty. Uh, uh, I think that there's a lot of desperation going on with UFC right now. I think they flooded the market with their own product. But if you don't have titles, all you have is like the paper. You get, still got your money. You know what I mean? So they strip him of money. You know, like for instance, that fight. There's no titles being exchanged. He just came back and kind of proved himself again. So it's kind of like he's just doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah, but and if they that, made him, go for if the they forced book, him the to, hey, and there used to be a time too when the UFC, it you didn't have the the cards, the the events, the the main events and stuff weren't the headlines of it. It was t, it was UFC punishment or UFC whatever. Uh, you didn't even know what the card is. You didn't care because you knew it was going to be a good product. You knew that there was people who were going to lay it all out there. It's changed around a little bit, and there's a sense of dis- desperation uh, going on that you see with them signing a Phil Brooks from the U- from WWE who's never fought or never wrestled. You know, uh, there is a sense of desperation, um, and I think that maybe it's more than what we realize. But I think they're actually the one that's killing their own product by flooding the market. And I think they've depleted it with what they've put on television. And I think that television deal is what they wanted so badly. But I think it's almost what's hurting them the most because it's, it is ultimately what is flooding the market and the product is not up to snuff. And they're putting some of the better fights out there on television for free while some of the pay-per-views aren't living up to it. Uh, and, and the fights have kind of, the mood has kind of changed now where it's not people who are fighting to get there, but are people who are just kind of trying to hang on. Uh, but I think it's going to take fans who are going to be like, hey, uh, I'm, I don't like the product anymore. I'm disappointed in the product. I don't like, you know, it's not worth paying this for to see something that you're going to find out that the outcome was kind of bogus. Basically. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, Rob. And it's uh, it's become a lot of, um, it, it's, it's quite a bit of sport now instead of combat. So even if you do buy the pay-per-views and they come out clean, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I like to watch a tactical fight, but um, I also like to watch a finish, and there's a, a lot of these fights, they're just five rounds of point scoring and, and that kind of thing. And So I think a lot of it, Rob, like you're saying, I think they oversaturated the market. I think there's too many fights and too many fighters, and very, very few of these have buzz. I mean, Jones-Cormier had huge buzz. Silva-Diaz had pretty good buzz. But, I mean, you, there's very few of them anymore that create a huge buzz. I mean, you remember when Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz were finally going to fight and they were calling it It's On. And Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture and, and, and Brock Lesnar, Randy Couture. You know, there was always buzz. And in the first few UFCs, you know, when it's tournament style, hey, Tank Abbott's in this one coming up. Hey, that new guy. Remember that guy with the mustache? So little little Dan Severn, Don Fry, he's in that one. And, and Hoist is coming in. I mean, there was always buzz because there just wasn't a whole lot of them, you know. But now, I mean, there's one every other weekend. There's constantly. I guarantee you, if I went in my living room right now and turned it on, uh, turn on cable, I could find a UFC Reloaded or you know some kind of UFC rerun. And don't get me wrong, I love it and I love to watch it, but there's just so much of it and it's so accessible now, and there's no season to it. You know, like if football was all year long, we we get bored with that. I believe that. You know, um, but there's a season to it, so it's limited. UFC is unlimited, and I think it, I think it hurts its own product, and it's a shame. And and when they sign people like CM Punk with no experience, it feels very much like a publicity stunt, and it makes me worry for the sport because we don't know where it's really at because we don't get to see the books. 
and it makes me kind of it, it makes me kind of uneasy, you know, because that 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 tells a tale. They they never had to do this. They always had enough buzz. So it almost makes me wonder, like, what's going on, you know? And I hope I hope everything is okay. And but I think they may have oversaturated themselves, and it does seem like they're starting to suffer because of it. In these pay per views. When you do get a, a big fight that's worthy of a pay-per-view, a lot of times the, the rest of the card is just, you know, not real noteworthy. The Fox, uh, the UFC on Fox cards are, are astounding. They do an awesome job with those. But that's how all the UFC pay-per-view cards used to be. Like, you remember the main event, you know, waiting for the main event. That's going to be an awesome fight. But every fight that came up before that, you're like, oh, my God, I forgot this fight was on tonight, too. And. You know, each fight was awesome leading up to it. And then you had the main event. Now it's just, you know, yeah, whatever. I'll wait till the main event comes around. And I think that hurts. I think that hurts its own cause. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. UFC pissed its pants. UFC has three more events in the month of February. <laughs> Jump the shark. February 14th, February 22nd, and a, a, a pay-per-view UFC 184, which already have had like three fights fall off the car right oh, now. Yeah. The, la- the only thing hanging on to it is the Ronda Rousey Kat Zagano fight on February 28th. Basically a fight for every week left in the month of February. Where it used to be like one fight a month. Uh, but yeah, the, the market's kind of fun. It's hard to keep up with. It's hard to keep up with. You know, it's you almost have to pick and choose now. And I don't know if I'm going to spend money on preview, previews, but I know I want to see UFC 184. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about that. We have Let's lots of things to, to talk about Wild in Wings. weeks to come. Yeah, I'm going to go somewhere free. Hooters, <laughs> where we can see Hooters, it. yeah. Exactly. All right, so uh, lots of things come oh, to come in the month of February. Uh, it's been another excellent edition of the session here at TBD Total Beatdown with our MMA expert and our NFL yes. expert in the on the – on the on the line dude, tonight, dude. John thank Wheaton. you, thank you for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. It was it, it. I missed you guys. Hey, we'll have a lot to talk about this year too, guys. Because I, you know, 2014 wasn't a real good year for me. I let life control me instead of me controlling it. So I didn't get to compete or anything in 2014. But I guarantee you, 2015 is different. And uh, it's already February, and, and these fights that I'm going to do start kicking up in July. So not too far away and I, i'm already guaranteed i'm uh i'm doing the state championship i'm doing the nat uh that's going to be either in july or september i'm doing the national championship which is in orlando in july and i'm doing the copa world championship in august and i'm looking to do two more in addition to that so we'll uh we'll have lots to talk about i want to fight five times in 2015 so we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about i appreciate you having me back Dude. Five times. Get it, hey, get your butt up here to Virginia for like a weekend. Said you. You said you would. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm planning on that too. Thank hey, you. uh, Same. there's a there's another UFC in Newark, Mitch. I know it's right around it's in the Patriot Center. Convenient time for you because I think it's in April. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. April fourth. Yeah, there's another one at the Patriot Center. April fourth at the Patriot Center. Let's do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bacardi and Cola. When's the Newark one? Because the Newark one, if I remember right, is a pretty big one. Well, how big is it? Better have John Jones in it. That's all I want to see now. That's all they got for me. I wanted to be there when he loses. It's all right, let's, big. I'll, I'll look let's it find out. We'll talk about, about it next week. Big card this putting. has been another excellent edition of TBD here on the session. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check us out next week. We'll talk about UFC again. Peace out. Thanks for having me. Have a great week, everybody.